You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Today, we're going to read a whole chapter of the Bible. Uh, There's only 14 verses in there, so don't get too scared. Uh, We're not reading Psalms 119. That has 150 verses. Um, Maybe we will. We'll just see um, how long you'll stay. Uh, But I've I've titled this uh, sermon, Who Else is Worthy? Who Else is Worthy? There's a, a song that I heard recently that just kind of lit something inside of me and, and kind of uh, I started reading uh, what this song was uh, based off of and it brought me to this passage of scripture and then uh, just kind of a, a sermon uh, appeared in there. And, and we're going to be reading uh, the whole chapter of Revelation chapter 5. And I'm going to give you 24 reasons why Jesus is returning in 2024. Amen? All right. Well, no, I'm joking. We're not, we're not going to touch on the eschatology side of this passage. We're not going to talk about the end times of, of this passage. Uh, my eschatology uh, kind of centers around, um, I'm expecting Jesus to return any day, but I'm also preparing to be here for the long haul. Whether that looks like tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, the thousand-year reign, all the things uh, that you can read about in the Bible that people get so fearful about. God is not the spirit of fear, so why, when we get to the last book of the Bible, does all of a sudden this invokes fear? Why do we get scared when we read Revelations, when God is not the author of confusion, he's not the spirit of fear, He wants to give you peace, love, and a sound mind. He's told you that he wants to save you from wrath. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants to do all these things. But when we get to the end of the book, all of a sudden it turns into a Halloween novel, a Stephen King novel, and we get terrified. No, no, no. We need to read this through the lens of Jesus. So I'm always looking in the sky, Lord, come. Lord, come quickly. But I also know that there's a job to do. There's still darkness out there. I'm still the light. So therefore, I need to shed and disperse that darkness and share my light while I'm here. And so we're just going to start reading in Revelations chapter 5, verse 1. John has been called up into the heavens. He's seeing this vision. He's, he's writing down what he sees. And John says, and I saw in the right hand of him. Now, when he talks about him, he's talking about God himself. When I saw in the right hand of God who sat on the throne a scroll written inside, and on the back sealed with seven seals. Verse 2 says, then I saw a strong angel. That's pretty cool that there's angels, but then John recognizes, like, what did he see in this angel? Like an Arnold Schwarzenegger angel, this strong angel, proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? Verse 3, and look at this. And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even look at it. Now remember, the scroll is literally, as we saw in Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, the scroll is in God's hand himself. And the angel says that there is no one who can open this scroll or even look at it. And look at verse 4. So John says, I wept much because no one was found worthy 
to open and read the scroll or to even look at it. Look at verse 5. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David has prevailed, praise God, to open the scrolls and to loose its seven seals. Verse 6. And I looked, John looked in heaven, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. In verse 7, and then he came, the lion of the tribe of Judah, this lamb who was slain, and he took the scroll out of the right hand of God who sat on the throne. Who else is worthy? There is only one who is worthy, and it's Jesus. I think we need to be reminded every once in a while who we're serving. Sometimes we, in our minds, we all picture Jesus as the the church picture on the wall. He's got the beautiful hair, the perfectly manicured beard, the white robe, the blue sash, and he's always got the lamb in one hand, holding it like a football, almost got the Heisman pose going, stiff-arming the devil. Amen. And he's just this peaceful, meek, Depending on the picture, sometimes jacked, sometimes not. But who else is worthy? We forget sometimes who we're serving. That there is a lamb, there is a man who is the lion of Judah. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He has a name that is above every other name. And at that name, everything must bow I think we need to remind ourselves who's worthy. You see, in life, we, we have these questions. We have these issues. We, 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 we have these problems. And like John, sometimes we get so busy crying over those things that we forget that we're serving the one who can help us overcome those things. Right? In the middle of the throne is this lamb who's also a lion, who also has the ability to take something out of his father's hand and hold it and look at it and open it. But we, like John, get so caught up in life. Things are happening, things are going on, and we have our own little pity party, and we just start weeping. And we forget who is worthy. Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think? That I've come to encourage and remind you to quit weeping and behold who is worthy. To open and loose. In this passage, whenever this takes place in the future, Jesus is the only one 
who can take this scroll out of God the Father's hands, who can look at it and who can open the seven seals. He is the only one in heaven, in earth, and underneath the earth that can handle that and do that. And yet, so many of us question if God can do something in our lives. Who else is worthy? Jesus, the worthy one, who is able to do something that no one else in the history of humanity or in the universe can do, I think has enough power to heal you. I think has enough power to help you. I think has enough power to restore you, to save you, to forgive you, and to help you. Who else is worthy? It's Jesus. He's worthy. And we get so caught up in weeping that sometimes we need to be shaken by an elder saying, Behold, the Lamb is here, and He is worthy, and He is able to do whatever you need in your life. That you can ask and you shall receive. There is nothing here on earth that He can't handle, that He can't overcome, that He can't say and or do to change your situation in a moment's notice. And it starts with us beholding the lamb and the lion. Amen? He is able and worthy to do that, and he is, all, he is more than able to help you, and therefore he deserves our worship instead of our weeping. We're already halfway through the passage. Let's go. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. Now when he, Jesus, had taken the scroll, think about this. This is happening in the throne room right now. There's four living creatures and 24 elders and there's angels and there's God on the throne and there's the lamb that's there. They all fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowls, not just one, bowls full of incense. Look at this, which are the prayers of who? Of you and me. I don't have a tie on, but that makes me want to straighten my tie up a little bit knowing where my prayers are going. My prayers, your prayers, your good, bad, and ugly prayers, it says that they are in bowls full of incense in the throne room of God. It's not an angel that gets them in the mailbox and then brings them to a warehouse and kind of gets a a sifter and filters through the prayer. There's no way I'm bringing this to the throne room. Did you hear what that person said? Did you hear what she said? We're going to put that in another closet on the side of the throne room. No. Your prayers, my prayers, the prayers that we offer up says, feel the bowls of incense in the throne room of God. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to kind of change my prayer life a little bit. (laughs) Because in my mind, sometimes we think that our prayers don't even make it to the ceiling. They just fall back down. But it says the prayers of the saints, they feel golden bowls full of incense in his throne room. I want my prayers to be a sweet-smelling aroma to God in the throne room. It says in the Scriptures, in Romans 8, it says that the Lamb, Jesus himself, is interceding for us. Just think about that. The lamb who is in the throne, on the throne, in the throne room of God is praying for you. Think how sweet those smells are to God. 
Anybody is going to get their prayers heard, answered, and received. That's going to be Jesus. And what Jesus is praying for is you and me. Who else is worthy? He's worthy. The ultimate prayer warrior. That my prayers and your prayers are potentially next to Jesus's. Whoever the most spiritual person you can think of that's praying right now is in the same bowl in the throne room right next to yours. It says, before the Lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Look at verse 9. And they sang a new song. Dalton, that should get you excited right there. At the end of time, these angels, these elders, these creatures, they come up with a new song. At the end of time, they're still seeing new things of God. They're still seeing new visions of who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is. And these angels who are singing for decades and decades and millennia and for all the time being of eternity, they still, at the end of time, come up with a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain and have redeemed to us God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Look at verse 10. And have made us, talking about you and me, kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on this earth. Who else is worthy? He is worthy. And I want to show you in this song, how he has helped us to encourage you and remind you that this worthy one has done everything for you. It says in verse 9, and he has redeemed us to God by your blood. He purchased you. And he made us kings and priests to our God. He promoted you. And it says in verse 10, and, he, and we shall reign on this earth. I tried to go with another P word. Just bear with me on that. He empowered you. We almost got it. This lamb who is worthy, who is the only one that can hold this scroll, look at this scroll, open this scroll, decided to open his hands and hug and love on you. He purchased you. For you, talking about Jesus, were slain. And you, Jesus, have redeemed us, redeemed you and me to God by your blood. He purchased you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, For you were bought with a price. And because you were bought with a price, which was the blood of Jesus, Paul tells us and encourages the church of Corinthian, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which at the end of the day, those are God's too, by the way. He created you. He gave you breath. He gave you life. He saved you. He restored you. One day he'll receive that breath back. He'll receive your body back. He did it all. And the only thing that he asks you to do is to believe on his son. Who else is worthy? Jesus is worthy. And the worthy that he receives should be coming out of my mouth, out of my life, and out of my body in glorifying God all the chance that I get.
in Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Titus writes, who gave himself for us, freely gave himself for us. Look, that he might redeem us. He might purchase us from every lawless deed. Aren't you thankful for that? He didn't put a stipulation on that. After 10 lies, I'm cutting you off. You only get away with this one thing, and then I'm done with you. No, no, no. He redeemed us. He purchased us. He, it says in the Scriptures, he conveyed us from the kingdom of darkness, and he placed us into the kingdom of light. He redeemed us. He purchased us from every lawless deed. And if Jesus just did that for us, praise God, we could say that he's worthy for eternity, for the rest of our lives, as much breath is in our lungs. But God is an abundant God, and he doesn't just stop with one thing. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all. He redeemed us from every lawless deed, and he purified us for himself, his own special people, zealous for good works, zealous for good works. He wants his special people to be zealous for good works. He redeemed you from every lawless deed, from every sin, from every evil thing, and he doesn't want you going back into that sin. He wants you to be zealous to do every good work. He wants you to know that you have the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of Jesus, the church, all the things that he's given us to succeed here on earth, even the Bible as well, that he's given us gifts internally that we can go out there and be zealous to do good works, not excited to go do bad works. Yay, let's go rob a bank. Woo, let's go sin. Woo, we're going to have fun. No, no, no. He wants you to be zealous to do good works. Lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Cast out demons. Go and be a witness. Go shine your light and diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere you go. Hear the voice of God. Walk a worthy path. He wants you to be zealous for good works. For Christmas, I bought uh, something for Noah, bought it on Amazon. It came in like a, a week before Christmas and when I opened the Amazon box, the whole thing was destroyed. Didn't work. I said, well, that's not going to be a Christmas present. That's going to be a merry, New Year's, happy, January Christmas gift whenever I get it back. Also, when it comes to gift giving, I am pretty good at getting gifts. Now, if it works and or fits, I don't know. I bought Maddie. Maddie wanted some shoes. I bought some shoes for her. They weren't the right size. Been there. But it's frustrating whenever you buy something on Amazon or even here. How many times have we had to go to Aiken or a bigger town to buy something specifically to fix a project at home? And then we get home after an hour of traveling back and forth and doing all these things and we go to put it in and it doesn't work. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Jesus purchased you with his blood, and he expects you to work. And he expects you to work really well because he purchased you. He expects your body to work because he purchased healing for you. He expects you not to walk in sin because he saved you and he restored your spirit, man. He expects you to have great thoughts and heavenly thoughts and have a great mental attitude. Because he's already told you 
that he wants you to renew your mind by reading his word. He expects you to find out the gifts that he's placed inside of you. Think about this. We get up to heaven, and God shows us who we really were or who we were really supposed to be here on earth. He expects you to be zealous about good works, finding out your purpose, finding out your calling, finding out what God wants you and needs you to do, and then go do it with all your might. And the beautiful thing is, it says where you're weak, he's made strong. So chances are, when you experience and you figure out that gifting, it's going to make you look really weak. Because he's the one that gave you the gifting, which means he's also going to empower you and give you the strength to walk through that. He purchased you. In verse 10, it says, and he made us kings and priests to our God. He promoted you. He promoted you. We were Gentiles. We were foreigners. We were losers. We weren't allowed in the old covenant. And it says through Jesus' blood, when he purchased us, he promoted us. And he didn't make us enemies of God. He could have just made us servants of God. He could have just made us fringe friends or acquaintances of God. But what he did is he promoted us and made us kings and priests for God. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. And you, he's talking about you, he's talking about me. You who once were alienated, not even friends, acquaintances, I know him, I don't know him. No, you were enemies in your mind by wicked works. Look at this. Yet now, praise God, he has purchased you, he's reconciled you. Look at verse 22. In the body of his flesh through death to present you, to promote you holy blameless, and above reproach in his sight. He promoted you. Not only did he purchase you, but he promoted you. That's why he's worthy. That's why he deserves your worship. He gave you a new name. He gave you a new heart. He gave you a new title. We're now sons and daughters of the Most High God. He promoted us. Last week was the Super Bowl, and Somebody lost, somebody won, but the team that won will now forever be known as Super Bowl champions, right? Do you know how many people or men have gone into the NFL and never even made it to a roster? Maybe they made it on the practice squad, they got drafted, and they immediately got kicked off. Maybe they made it to a roster, made it on the practice squad, they made it on the team, but they never played, just fall by the wayside. No idea who they are or what they are. Maybe they've made it on a team. Maybe they've played a little bit, but they never make it to the playoffs. Never made it to the Super Bowl. They've interviewed all these players during the Super Bowl. Dan Marino, one of the best quarterbacks ever, if I remember right, never made it to the Super Bowl. Maybe made it to the playoffs a handful of times. J.J. Watt, one of the greatest defensive ends of our generation, maybe made it to the playoffs once. That there are these amazing players that you just forget by the wayside. But then there's some players who made it to the team, made it to playing games, made it to the playoffs, made it to the Super Bowl, and won the Super Bowl. And forever will be known, not as NFL players, but will be known as NFL Super Bowl champions. There are people that are on the Chiefs team that probably didn't see the field at all this year, and they're still wearing a ring on their finger 
and now they're known as Super Bowl champs. They're promoted. Not based on the work that they did. The second, think about the second or third string quarterback for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world right now. I don't know if the second string, if they even have a third stringer, ever made it on the field. Maybe to do one kneel down, and they've got a ring. No work of their own, but those players on the field, there's somebody who was higher who did more work for them, and they've still been promoted and known as Super Bowl champs. Jesus did all the work on the cross, yelled out, it is finished. All you have to do is believe on his name and what he did on that cross, and you'll forever be promoted as a son and daughter of the Most High God. Who else is worthy? Who else is worthy? There's no one worthy other than Jesus. We forget sometimes who he is. We need to be reminded to quit weeping and behold the Lamb and what he's done for us. In the last part of verse 10 in Revelations chapter 5, and he's made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on this earth. He protected, he purchased you, he promoted you, and he empowered you so that you can reign on this earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you, Jesus says, shall receive power. Dunamis is the uh, Greek word right there. Dunamis power, which means a power that overtakes you, a power that comes on you that you can't do on your own. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. We believe that when we say yes to Jesus, the miracle the revelation that was revealed is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you and lives inside of you once you get saved. But then there's a beautiful thing that can also happen if you allow it, if you want it to happen, is what happens in Acts chapter 1, happens in Acts chapter 2. That not only does the Holy Spirit come inside of you, he also comes upon you. And when he comes upon you, you receive power that you would never have before to do things on this earth. We call that speaking in tongues, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power that comes upon you. Everyone receives the power that comes in you as you get saved. But boy, there's something special that God gives as an extra gift, if you want it, of speaking in tongues. If you don't, we can help. But you shall receive power. Power is the promise that Jesus gave. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses Witnesses is the effect. So when the power comes upon you through the Holy Spirit, then the effect of that is you being a witness. People seeing you saying, there's something different about you. There's there's things that you're going through that would have crushed other people, that would have destroyed other people, but you're still standing, you're still believing, you're still at church, you still read your Bible, you still love God, you still talk about it. You become a witness when people see that you're empowered by the worthy one. And then the outcome is global evangelization. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, right here in the town, all of Judea and Samaria, all the county and surrounding state, and to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes in you from salvation and he comes upon you, by way of speaking in tongues, then all of a sudden you become a witness that draws people in. Those that are in darkness say there's something different about you. There's a light, and I want to know what it is. 
And then that helps you step into global evangelization. Let me tell you about who is worthy. Who can break you free from that sin? Who can break you free from whatever you're dealing with? Whatever you're, if, he can, if he can hold the scroll that nobody else can hold, then he can take care of your life and he can fix your life. He can bring you back on the right path. You're never too far gone. He's still the shepherd. He's still holding the sheep, but he's still looking for the one. He wants to empower you. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, Jesus tells us this, and I will give you, he's not charging you, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. How many of you lost your keys before? And Jesus says, I'll, I'll give you the kingdom, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know if you want me to watch all the keys. I'll take some of them. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And look at this. What do those look like? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, it'll be loosed in heaven. Some of us need, what's up in heaven? There ain't nobody sick. Everybody's okay. Everybody's loving God. There's no sickness. There's no death. There's no sin. Well, I need to lose some of that here in my life. I need to lose it in my household. I need to lose it in my church. And he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. It would be very hard for me if I bought... I don't know, a brand new Porsche, brand new Ferrari, brand new truck, whatever the magic car is in your mind, and I pull it up right there, and I just brought it from the lot, and I paid cash for it, $500,000 for it, and I pull it up right there. First, I'd make you all move all your cars. I'd have the cops block off sections with cones and all kinds. Dalton would be standing out there with with his rough voice yelling at people, don't get close. And I walked in here, and you walked up to me and said, hey, can I have the keys? I want to take it for a drive. It would be very hard for me after I put one mile on it to give you the keys and watch you be like, how do you do this? Is it, is it third gear? Is it reverse? Oh. But God, through Jesus, said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. I'll give you the Ferrari. Just take it and run. I know you're probably going to mess it up. I know you're, you're, you're a, a human and you have limited ways in your mind of how it's supposed to work or what's supposed to do, but I'm going to give you the, kings, the keys to the kingdom. I'm going to empower you to go out. And why? So that you can change the world. He empowered you. And let's finish the chapter as I come to a conclusion. Revelations chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Then I look and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne the living creatures and the elders. And look at this. And the number of them, talking about the angels, was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. They didn't even have math back then, I'm pretty sure. And John's just, what's the biggest number I can think of? And the devil, it says, only took a third of those. The devil's already been defeated. And from a military standpoint, He only took a third of the angels, and look at what he's still got left. We win. We win in every way, shape, and form. God is not worried about the devil. He's not worried about what the demons are doing. What he's worried about is getting his message and his light out to everyone about who is worthy, and that's his son, who can help him overcome a third of the fallen angels and the dumb little devil. And they're all around the throne. Go back real quick. I'm sorry. I don't think I finished it. 
Oh, I did. Thank you. You're right. Saying with a loud voice. They're going into their second song after seeing who is worthy. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Verse 13. They've already sung two songs in heaven. If you're already tired, you're going to be real tired in heaven. In every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in there. And I heard them saying, we're already into song number three, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And finally, verse 14, and the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and And ever, I want to remind you today, who else is worthy? There is no one, only Jesus, and he deserves all of our worship and all of our praise because if he can take the scroll that no one else can hold and he can open that up, then he can take your little old life and he can heal it, he can restore it, he can save it, he can do whatever he needs to if you just behold him to remember that he's already Empowered you, promoted you, and what's the last one? Purchased you today. Who else is worthy? He's worthy. And so when we come to church next week, as we go into worship, let's remember this. Who cares to who's your left or right? Who cares who's in front of you or behind you? I'm just going to take some time, and I'm going to say and worship the worthy king, the worthy lamb who was and is and is to come. Amen? Let's stand up as we get ready to go. Father, we thank you. Right now, we offer all of our praise, all of our worship. Father, we thank you for your worthy son, your honorary honorary son, Father. We thank you. We honor him today. We lift him up today. We say thank you to this worthy lamb, to this worthy king, to this worthy lion who's praying on our behalf through his blood, not through money, not through gold, not through power, not through fame, but with his own blood, he purchased us. He redeemed us. And after he purchased us with his blood, he promoted us. He changed our name. And he didn't change our name to the worst. He promoted us to the best name that we could have, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And then he empowered us that you gave us the Holy Spirit. You gave us gifts. You gave us things here on earth that can help us be zealous to do good works for you so that we can go out and we can share this gospel message. And so, Father, we say thank you. Jesus, we say thank you, and we honor you today. Press Church honors you today. We thank you that these prayers that we're offering up to you will be a sweet smell in your throne room today, that they will fill your, the worship that came out of Press Church, the prayers that came out of Press Church, the conversations that came out of Press Church, the fellowship between brothers and sisters that came out of Press Church will be a sweet-smelling aroma in your throne room. So, Father, I thank you that you're building this church so that we can offer more praise, more honor, more worthy to you in everything that you do. And Father, help us this week be zealous for good works. Now, Father, I pray scripture over these people right now. I thank you that they're the head and not the tail. 
They're above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and they're blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now and they're blessed in the future that you're bringing them into. Father, I thank you for the gifts that you've given each and every one of us. Father, reveal and help us study to show ourselves approved to see what those gifts are so that we can use them inside the church, outside the church, in our business, in our jobs, in our family, wherever we go. Father, I thank you that each and every person here has the mind of Christ. Their body is the temple of the Most High God. No sickness or disease can reside in their body because by Jesus' stripes, the worthy one, they are already healed. Father, I thank you. The favor of God surrounds us like a shield. Father, I thank you that right now we are the salt and light of the earth. We are a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. You have empowered us, so therefore we will go out and we are blessed and we will be a blessing to everyone we come in contact with. And Father, I thank you right now for each and every person here that you're with them. You speak to them this week. You give them words. You you encourage them. You help them in their day-to-day life. And help us, Father, minister to somebody this week and invite them to church next week, Father. I ask you to bless them, protect them, cause them to prosper in everything they do, and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Who else is worthy? Jesus is worthy. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you all next week. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.